again. Welcome to Life Church. My name is Ryan Coggins. I'm the executive pastor here, and um, it's my honor to be able to speak on this this last weekend of 2012. And did you guys all have a good Christmas, everybody? You guys really are just into it right now, everybody. <laughs> Uh, but man, we're going into, we're almost done with um, 2012 and in just a couple of days, we'll go into a brand new uh, year, 2013. It's pretty hard to believe, man, this year went, went by so, so fast. And, uh, you know, many times this, this, uh, this sermon or, you know, like the last one of the year or the first one of the new year, um, pe- preachers like to talk about you know, New Year's resolutions and New Year, New You, and I think that's all good. And in fact, I hope that many of you have set goals and um, reflected back on 2012 and projected towards 2013. I think that's important to have goals, have dreams, have resolutions. Those are all good, good things. But today I want to talk to you about a subject that I believe, maybe more so than anything else, has the, the power and the ability uh, to rob you of your full potential this next year. I, I believe I've seen person after person um, just get completely weighed down by the thing that we're going to talk about today. And um, I think it's an appropriate time, especially in our country's history, to talk about uh, such a topic. Today I want to talk to you about the issue of worry. Everybody's like, man, what an uplifting subject to close out the year on. Um, and maybe you're saying, well, I don't really, I don't, I don't worry. I, I, I'm concerned about things, and maybe you, you, if you prefer the word concern, every time I say worry today, just replace it with concern. That, that's uh, that's totally fine. But uh, I'll be honest with you; I'll be transparent today that I can often be a big time worrier. Uh, that's something that I've I've dealt with um, for a long time, my, my whole life. I mean, I remember I remember like second, third grade, getting stressed out about projects like building the little volcano that erupts and all, just being stressed out about it. Like, because um, I just had this, I, I always had to get an A, always had to, you know, everything had to be done right and on time, and I was just that type of person. And so um, I tend to worry a lot. And I thought maybe as I get older, I'll worry less. <laughs> That's not true at all. In fact, the more, the older I get, it tends to, there's just more things to worry about. And the significance and the weight of those things just intensifies as you get older because now it's not just myself, it's a family. And then there's just more weight and responsibility with that. And we live in a very uncertain time. Um, I don't think anybody would argue that. A lot of you maybe get worried about the economy. I know I do from time to time. Maybe it's your personal finances and how that all plays in with the economy and everything that's going on. Maybe it's politics. I mean, I think if I hear the phrase fiscal cliff one more time, I'm going to jump off of it, okay? I just, be on, I, I just, it just don't even turn on the news because it just stresses you out. In fact, um, my wife's family, we were all hanging out over Christmas and we were watching the evening news and that, that can just kill your evening right there, just watching the news. Ten minutes in, I mean, there's like, there's a murder, and there's the fiscal cliff, and everything that's going, and we're just, by the end of it, just turn it off. Everybody's like fighting, and everybody's a little on edge, and there's different political views represented in that room, and so it's like, man, you can get, you can get, you can work yourself into a frenzy uh, very easily, or safety. I mean, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, just everything that's unfolded with the tragedy in Connecticut. I mean, 
uh, I can't help but think, what if, what if that happens to me? What if that happens to my family? And it, it, can, it can get us to a point of just being worried all the time about everything that's going on around us. Worry about retirement. I'll be honest with you, I've lost sleep thinking about retirement. I'm 28 years old. And I've like gotten stressed out, like, oh, am I doing, am I doing things right? Am I going to, you know, like just crazy stuff. I mean, that's just hopefully many years, decades away from me. Um, you know, I, I, I don't just worry about big things. I mean, those are, I think some of the things I mentioned, those are important things. Those are, those are big things to be concerned about, big things to be worried about. I, I get worried about little things too, like just little insignificant. I think there's enough of those that pile up that it's like you can just get paranoid. I, I don't like getting the mail anymore. I'll just be honest. When, you, when I was a kid, man, if you got something in the mail, it was exciting. It was like, man, awesome. I don't even know what this is. It's just junk mail. It's from the dentist, a reminder or something like that. But it's just exciting to get mail. Now, I don't like even going to the mailboxes. I'm just afraid, what's going to be in there? Is there going to be some bill, unexpected? Is there going to be something? I, I don't know if you guys have ever had that walk to the mailbox, just thinking, man, what if something's, you know, something's in there that I don't want to see? Um, I get worried. Uh, this past week, um, we were at my, uh, my wife's parents' house, and one of her sisters has a big German shepherd. And that thing, every time it looked at me, just looked like it wanted to rip my face off. I mean, it's just like, it would kind of be snippy with me and kind of ram into me a little bit. And it doesn't do this with anybody else, just, just me. And you hear about dogs snapping sometimes, and I was certain that's going to be me. I better prep somebody that they might have to preach this weekend, because I might just get snapped on by this dog. So I'm walking around just like stressed out for three days, just like, like legitimate stress like this dog. I'm, I, I love dogs, but not, not, not this one. Um, I, get, I get stressed out. Um, this is going to be a little weird for many of you, but I don't like opening crescent roll containers. Do you guys know those pressurized cardboard rolls? Some, you know, like sometimes it's cinnamon rolls or whatever it is. They freak me right out. I, I, don't, I don't do it. I say, Amanda, you're going to, and she just, it's okay, honey, I'll do it. Because you just never know when it's going to pop. So now that you are all looking at me real crazy. This is therapeutic for me a little bit, though, to just say, man, there's just a lot of things that I, I just worry about. And, you know, before you think I'm crazy, I'd, I'd be willing to say everybody in this room, you probably have, you know, some major legitimate things that you spend time and energy worrying about or being concerned about. Or maybe you just have some, you know, some of these little things that, that you worry about as well. We all worry about a lot of different things. And for a second, we're going we're gonna to talk about it today, but I'd like you to just begin, and for many of you, it's probably already come to mind, but what is the number one thing that you worry about? I mean, I think many of you can probably think of it just like that. It might be your finances, it might be your kids, it might be your marriage, it might be your job, I don't know what it is, but just, just hold that in your mind because we're going to come back to that a little bit throughout the day. But I was reading an article that talked about some of the crazy things that we worry about and how worry really doesn't do any good whatsoever. The, the article said that 40% of the things that we worry about will never happen. 40% of them will never happen. 30% have already happened. So we're worrying about things that have already happened that we have no control uh, to change those things. 12% of the things that we worry about are based on the opinions of other people. So just other people's opinions, we get worried and stressed. What, what are they going to think about this? What, what is the boss going to think about this? 
and we, we have no control over those opinions. And 10% of the things that we worry about are health-related issues. And more times than not, um, our worry actually makes those issues worse in our bodies than better. Or other people, I mean, worry does not help us medically at all. So you add it all up, and the article said that 92% of the things that we worry about either will never happen or insignificant, or the things that we worry about, we can never change by worrying about them. 92%. There's only like 8% of things that they say are like legitimate concerns or worries. And, and all of us cognitively, I think, know that and understand that, that, man, worry is just ridiculous on the surface. It doesn't really change anything. It doesn't do any good. And yet we continue to do it. So how do, how do we deal with it? What are we supposed to do? Um, there's a lot of books that have been written about worry. Um, you go to Barnes & Noble, any bookstore, I mean, you'll just see tons and tons of self-help books when it comes to worry. And those books are, you know, all well-intentioned, and I'm not saying anything bad about those books. I think they're totally fine. But they, what I found is that they don't really get at the problem. They just simply help you cope with worry. They say maybe here's a, a breathing exercise or, you know, here's a little technique. And those things are all have their, have their value, and I'm not, I'm not shooting at any of that. Uh, but they don't really say, how do you stop worrying? Uh, there's uh, a lot of people are medicated because they're worried. There's probably people in this room <laughs> that are medicated because they're worried. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the number one uh, prescribed med- uh, medication in, in, in our country is antidepressants. I mean, and, and again, not saying that that's a bad thing, that you should reject all that. And I know everybody has a different view about medication, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get into that today. But it goes to show that a lot of us, man, we are just worried about a lot of stuff. And Jesus offers us what I believe is a genuine solution. Uh, and many people have been stealing this idea for the last 2,000 years and, and putting it in books and, and all sorts of stuff. But I believe Jesus really gets at the heart of the issue in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open to Matthew chapter 6. And kind of how I want to go today is just, I want to read a little bit, read a portion of Scripture and then talk about it and read a little bit and talk about it and kind of go through the Scripture like that. So if you have, if you have your Bibles, just keep them open and we'll kind, of, we'll kind of bounce back and forth. But Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 24, it's also going to be on the screens. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I think it's significant that Jesus starts, he's, he's basically delivering a sermon here. He's talking to a lot of people, delivering a sermon about worry, and he starts this conversation, he starts this talk by talking about probably the biggest thing that many of us worry about, talking about money. In fact, I read an article that said that uh, 70% of, American, of Americans, their greatest concern, their greatest worry is their personal finances. I don't think that's any surprise. If I were to pull people in this room, I'd probably be seven out of ten people. That's the number one thing that we worry about. And Jesus goes right after it. Right away, he talks about money. And then he also introduces a very interesting thought in this first, in this first verse, verse 24. And the thought is that the things that we are devoted to the most are the things that we worry about the most. If you were to, to that one thing that we talked about earlier, that, that you're the most worried about, chances are, and, and what Jesus is saying here, is that that's your number one devotion in life. That's, that's the number one thing that you are devoted to. And Jesus is challenging us and saying, hold on a second, you better be careful that you're not being more devoted 
to that thing than you are to me. And then there's a fine line between there. I don't know where exactly it is, but he's saying, man, there's a, there's a fine line between that. And today, I, I just want to set this up, and we're going to come back to this thought at the very end today, but I just wanted to throw it out there because Jesus goes right into it. What we are most devoted to fuels our worry. And the question is, and I think this is very significant, what if we could shift our devotion from the thing that we worry about the most and shift it to God? What would happen to our level of worry if we were to do that? And Jesus challenges us with this thought uh, throughout the entire thing. We'll come back to that at the very end today. Verse 25, it continues. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or your body, what you will wear, is life more than food and the body more than clothes. Now, Jesus here addresses the biggest issues of that day. Now, for us, I mean, just if you're going to have enough clothes or enough food, I'd venture to say is not a real deal thing that we are concerned about in our society, in our suburban world. That's just not something that I'd say many people in this room that that's like your number one concern. But he's talking to a society that 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 was legitimately, I mean, no refrigerators, you know, like what am I going to eat next? What's what's supper going to be? What's breakfast going to be? That was a big concern and making their own clothes. And you can see that that was a big concern um, in that day. He's saying to us today, you know, what are your biggest concerns? What are the biggest concerns of today? Don't worry about, your finances. Don't worry about your 401k. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about your kids. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about all these things. And Jesus is not. He's not. I think sometimes it's easy to read this and think that this is like hippie Jesus. And he's just like, man, don't worry about it. Just get a latte. It's going to go find a beach somewhere, man. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. You know, that's not at all what Jesus is saying in this. He's not saying that these things are not important. He's saying that even though there's uncertainty in all of these things, everything that you worry about, there's uncertainty in them. Even though there's uncertainty in those things, you can trust in God today. And you can trust in God for tomorrow. There's always going to be uncertainty. In fact, nothing in your life has ever been certain. There's never been a single second of your life that you've been certain of what that next second is going to be. We've never had certainty. And yet so often we want to have that certainty. We want to control that. And Jesus is saying the only way to do that is to simply trust in me. You can face uncertainty tomorrow and not worry about it today. We'll continue reading. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than, than they. Okay, Jesus, let me get this straight. I'm about, just work with me hypothetically, I'm about to lose my job, okay? There's a decent chance of it. And if I lose my job, I'm probably gonna lose my house. I'm probably gonna lose some cars, multiple cars. Um, I'm probably going to, my marriage, I don't know what, where that's gonna leave my marriage. And th- th- we worry about these things. That, and and what is that, where is that going to leave my relationship with my kids? I'm probably going to end up begging on the street for food. I'm going to probably get sick by being outside. I'm going to end up getting some sort of a disease, and I'm going to die. I'm in the face of death, Jesus, and you're telling me to look at the stinking birds. And I think Jesus, if, if we went on that little rant, would say, are you finished now with your little, little temper tantrum? Are, are, are you finished 
And what Jesus is saying to us is this, that I take care of the birds of the air, which in my mind are rats with wings, okay? I'm not a big bird lover. I'm sorry if I offend you that you are. They swoop and they're just, they're, they're violent. I've had some bad experiences when I was a kid and all that. I'm not going to go into that. I've had enough therapy for today. But even though I take care, if, if, if I take care of those, if I take care of the birds, in, in Luke it actually uses the, it specifies the bird raven, which are just an utterly useless bird um, like, like most of them. But if I take care of them, don't you think for a second that I will take care of you? And just a little side note on this, a little parenthetical thought. Jesus is not just, like we talk about hippie Jesus, Jesus is not giving us an excuse for inaction. He's not saying, who cares? Okay, he's saying, why worry? There's a big difference between who cares and why worry? He's not saying, hey, you got, a, you got a test coming up. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. No, he's saying, you better study as hard as you can. You better put in the hours, and you can tell your kids this. <laughs> you better put in the time and make sure that you're prepared for that. And at that point, after you've done everything you can, then just trust me. Just trust me with it. With our retirement, man. It, it, do everything that you can. Plan. Make sure that you have a good, solid plan. Make sure that you're doing everything you can. Maybe make sure that you're even sacrificing today for tomorrow, that you're living below your means. I mean, do all of these things, but at the end of the day, after you've done everything, just, just trust me with the rest of it. He's not saying, who cares? He's saying, why worry? We continue reading. Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I think Jesus is just starting to just have fun with them a little bit, like just kind of teasing them a little bit. Do you, it doesn't add any value. Can any of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? We'd all think about it and say, well, no, not, not really. If I ever have a raise of hands, and I'm not going to, but how many of you have probably taken hours off of your life by worrying um, or taken hours off of your spouse's life by, by worrying? I think we might have a few hands for that. But it adds no value to our lives. In fact, um, you know, by worrying, you can't change the future. I don't know if that's like a deep thought for you or not, but you can't change the future. By worrying, can you, can you heal somebody of cancer? No. By worrying, uh, can you remove your kids from all danger? Every, every danger? I mean, you might try to put a leash on them. You've seen those. those are, that's another sermon right there. But uh, you can try. But by worrying about it, you can't remove your kids from all danger. Can you change the heart of your spouse by worrying about it? No, it, it's ridiculous. You can't, you can't change anything by worrying. But it makes me feel better, and I feel like I'm being more responsible when I worry. You ever feel that way? Like, man, I, I got to worry about this. Somebody in this house has got to worry about these finances because they're not just going to happen. There's a pl- I have to worry about it because we feel more responsible. And Jesus is saying, just, just hold on. You can't do anything by worrying. You can't change anything by worrying. The, the German word, uh, worry actually comes from a German word, which means to choke or to strangle. And I believe that's what so many people, they live with worry, just choking and strangling the life out of them. Another thing worry does is it's not productive, but it also paralyzes us with fear so often. 
I, I remember when we first, Amanda and I first got our dog, a little yellow lab uh, named Moses, not so little anymore, but uh, he, uh, he will free his people, Moses, that's why, we, anyway, uh, he, uh, when he was just a baby, he did not like to be on a leash, okay, he just hated it or a tie-out, anything around his neck, he just freaked. And he literally would just sit there. And you ever had the dog do one of those where they kind of like yank back at you and make, they get that funny look going? And would not budge, was completely, I mean, shaking in fear, completely hated being on a leash. And I think many of us, man, it's, it's very similar to that. We end up, because of our worry, not actually doing anything. We're paralyzed by this worry, by this fear I found myself in that position before. I'm a list maker, like a to-do list maker. And I found myself before when, I have, when I'm overwhelmed by a lot of things going on or whatever, and you're thinking, you're a pastor. Don't you just read your Bible and pray all day? Sure, that's, that's what I do. But, uh, but when there's just a ton going on, I'll just, I'll just make lists and then rearrange them. And then I'll make a new one. And then I'll just kind of, and I'll find myself for like hours. I don't know if anybody else does this. I hope maybe. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll spend hours sometimes like just thinking through things and worrying about things and I'm just completely unproductive. Jesus nails it. He says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? We continue reading in verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh you, of little faith? And Jesus right here starts revealing the real reason why we worry. He says it's because of a lack of faith. O oh you, of little faith. Now I'm going to be transparent with you today. Not that I haven't, I'm talking about my crescent roll fear, but um, anyway, um, there's been many times in my life, and, and especially early on in marriage, getting right out of college, and I hope many of you probably identify with this if you're married or, um, you know, but I was, like, financially just strapped right out of college. Okay, my wife and I, we, we, I, we got married like a month after I graduated from college, and so uh, we, had, we had a lot of bills and things to take care of and no furnishings for our house and all that kind of stuff, and we were trying to figure out how are we going to make ends meet. I don't know if you guys have been there before, uh, you know, but I was just worried all the time about every little, every little financial burden, every, every little bill. I mean, there were times where we had like $100 in the bank, like I just, just nothing. And how are we going to, you know, make, make the next bill? How are we going to, how are we going to make this all work? And, uh, I remember just having, I think, honestly, there are many times, I, I must have had a whole lot more faith then than I, than I do today or something because I just, I just trusted in God. And we just said, God, it's, man, you're going to have to provide. And I didn't have some parent or uncle or grandparent that was like sending me money or anything. And it was just like, man, I'm, God, you're going to have to show up. And I could tell story after story, dozens of stories, just miraculous type stories where God provided. We did everything that we could do. And then we just trusted God, say, I'm, I'm still, I'm going to bring the tithe. I'm still going to be faithful with that. I'm still going to, you know, just be faithful to God and just trust him. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. I mean, I was like selling stuff. I mean, I was like, can I give blood, plasma, what, you know, what, whatever. Um, I didn't do that, but 
because uh, it grossed me out. That's another thing I'm worried about, just to confess right here. But, um, but God was faithful time after time after time. And for me to, to have another financial burden in the future pop up, and for me to say and to devote any amount of time to worry about that thing would be me like telling God, I don't really trust in you. Even though you've been faithful in the past, even though at time after time after time I never missed a bill, I never had to beg for food, never, I mean, you've always provided. For me to worry about it in the future, it'd be like saying, God, I, it's, it's like the past has just been erased. Like I, I, I don't trust in the things that he's already done in my life, why would God not be faithful to me in the future? Jesus tells us we worry. The size of your worry is dictated by the size of your faith. The more you worry, the less your faith. The more your faith, the less you worry. And then he continues. Uh, so do not, in verse 31, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, Jesus, real, I think real subtly, um, tells these people, he says, when you worry, you're no better, you're no, no different than somebody who doesn't even believe in God. He, he's basically calling, when you worry, you are like a pagan who doesn't even believe in God, doesn't even have faith in God, doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He compares us to the pagans. And can I just tell you, I think, especially now, when we're living in such an uncertain time, maybe more now than ever before, that as Christ followers, one of the biggest witnesses that we can have to a lost and dying world and a world that is just burdened by worry and anxiety and stress and fear is to be a people that say, in the midst of all of that, everything that's going on, yeah, I get it, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, but in the midst of that, I am going to stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I'm going to claim that in my life, and I'm, not going, I'm going to be unflappable during times where everybody else is freaking out, running around, talking about the economy and everything that's, that's going on around us. People should be able to look at us and say, man, there's something. They just have a peace about them. The Bible talks about that peace that surpasses all understanding. And that happens, and that only happens when we have a firm faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe that there's people in this room that you can, maybe you've been bound by worry for a long time. I believe today that, that Jesus has the power and the ability to completely set you free of that. We continue reading, and this is where Jesus kind of lands the plane. He says, in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus basically gives us the solution right here. And we talked about it at the very beginning, but he's, it's the same truth. He says, you worry about the things that you're most devoted to. And let me explain that real quick. You, I'm just going to be honest with you. I have never once worried about your job, okay? I know I'm a pastor, but I've never lost sleep over it. I've never worried about it. Now, if you told me, you know, there's a circumstance or a situation, I, I'd pray with you. I'd show compassion. I, I you know, I would genuinely feel uh, compassion for that need, but I wouldn't go home and worry about it, okay? Your kid's great, Never worried about them. I've never once worried 
about your kids' grades. I've, I've never, you know, worried about your retirement. It's not that I don't care. I hope that you retire with millions of dollars and you can go to Jamaica and do whatever, whatever your heart's desire. I really hope that for you. But I'm not worried about it because I'm not devoted to it. That's not something I'm devoted to. I'm worried about the things that I'm devoted to. And for us today, Jesus is telling us what you worry about the most is probably what you're devoted to the most. And we need to be real careful without saying, oh, I'm a responsible person by being concerned and always having a plan and always you know, thinking things through. And that, that's all good. But sometimes we just need to let it go and say, God, I'm not going to let that worry overshadow my devotion to you. Sure, there's going to be times where I'm going to get stressed out about things and and, you know, doing all that we can do, like we talked about studying for a test and all that kind of stuff, doing what you can do, there's some stress that can sometimes be associated with doing all that you can do. And sometimes I think that that's, that's okay. But Jesus is saying, no, at the end of that, I got the rest. Don't be so worried about it. If we will learn to simply shift our devotion and say that thing that I'm most concerned about, that I'm most worried about, if I could simply just shift that amount of devotion that I've displayed towards that thing, if I could just shift it to God. Jesus is saying here, if we will make that shift, then all these things will be added unto you as well. And I believe that with all of my heart, that if we will simply shift our devotion to God and say, God, I'm going to put you first. All these other things, sure, I know I, I have responsibilities. I know there's things looming out there. I know there's uncertainty with things. And, uh, but every time we begin to worry about that, we say, no, 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 God, I, I, I'm going to do all of that I can do, and I'm going to trust you with the rest. In fact, every miracle that's ever been performed in Scripture, every single one, starts with us doing something. It starts with our action. It starts with God saying, you need to first do this. Turning water into wine, what, you know, Jesus first asked, bring me these large, you know, barrels of water first. You got to do something. You know, we could go right down through the list of time after time, miracle after miracle. But after we've done all that we can do, to say, God, I, I trust you with the rest. I'm not going to waste any more time. Because when we worry, we waste time. And when we, waste, when we run out of time, we run out of life. So when we worry, we are wasting our lives. I mean, it's just a complete waste of life. And so today, I, I think Jesus is, is giving us an invitation to surrender our worry to him. What is it that you're worried about? Maybe in 2013, there's something specific that you, have, that you know is looming. Maybe it's selling your house. You know, I don't know. Uh, I get the sign in the yard, get a realtor, you know, replace that carpet that your kids puked on or, you know, whatever it is. Get it all ready, have the, have the showings, but at the end of it, just say, God, I trust you. I, I trust you with the rest. And there's a certain amount of power that's released when we do that. And some of us are uncomfortable with that, saying, God, I'm going to trust you with something that I have no control over. Will you consider being okay with the uncertainty of tomorrow? And simply trust God today. Will you consider doing everything that you can do and allow God to take care of the rest? I love what the book of Job says. Um, in Job chapter 26, this is not going to be on the screen, but it says this. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. 
He wraps the rain in his thick clouds, and the clouds don't burst with the weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with, the cloud, with his clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power, the sea grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful, and his power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does, merely a whisper of his power. Who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? And for some of you today, I I think you just need to know that the same God who created the heavens and the earth, the same God who died on the cross for our sins, the same God has our tomorrow in his hand. And why waste any more time worrying about it today and just simply say, God, you can do anything. I believe in you. I trust in you in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of, man, I got tons of things that I could worry about. I'm gonna say, God, I submit those to you. This same God that Job wrote about thousands of years, years ago, the same God has control over your tomorrow. And the question for us today is, will you simply trust him with it? Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your sovereignty. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you so much for your words of encouragement in scripture that even though you take care of the birds of the air, that you take care of the lilies of the valley, Lord, that you take care of the entire universe, you keep everything all in balance, Lord God, that you can be trusted with our tomorrow. And I pray today, Lord, that there might be people in this room today. In fact, I'm certain that there's people in this room, I being one of them, that we can let ourselves get overcome and burdened by worry. And that's not what you desire. In fact, your word says that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. Lord, you instruct us, you command us to cast our cares to you. Lord God, I pray that we will simply trust you, that we will simply give you our worries today, that we will realize that we can do nothing to change the future, but we serve a God who can. We serve a God who can simply be trusted with our lives. Lord God, we thank you for that that confidence. We thank you that we don't have to go through this thing alone, that we don't have to run around worried and stressed out all the time. We thank you that we can serve a God who, who, who takes care of us, who, who does everything in his power after we've done everything in our power. Lord God, I pray that, that we would walk out of this room with less worry than we came in, that we would walk out of this room being confident in your promises. And Lord God, every time that we begin to forget about those promises, every time that we begin to internalize all the worries of the world, Lord God, I pray that we would be reminded and we would turn to Matthew chapter 6 and be reminded of your sovereignty, of your goodness, of your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness and we pray that we would trust in it for tomorrow. It's in your name we pray. Amen.